1: To just be me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a Minute Without Parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robey, And me, Simone Boyce. on the bechdel cast the questions asked if movies have women in them are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands or do they have individualism the patriarchy's effing vast start changing it with the bechdel cast
2: hi welcome to the bechdel
0: cast sorry to sound so excited i guess this isn't really so uh bonus episode alert
2: yeah we're doing an episode that's and it's a bonus but it's it's grim it's a grim it's a grim bonus it's it's still uh, the
0: scariest month of the year true and truly the news has been proving it is the scariest month of the year uh, Ooh. Yeah. so we are doing a bonus episode obviously if you're clicking on it you know what it's about it's about the 1979 Woody Allen movie Manhattan. And why have we chosen to do this movie? Oh god, I mean we really dug deep inside. No, we literally like woke up and looked at the screens that we sleep next to and it said that, you know, everything is a nightmare, which we knew. Yes. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, Woody Allen, dozens
2: of others.
0: Right. It's been it's been I mean, obviously a deeply troubling couple of weeks for all the allegations that are coming out. It's it's very positive that they're being brought out to the world, but it's hard.
2: Right, especially because victims who are coming forward are receiving some backlash, especially Woody Allen saying things like, oh, I don't support what Harvey Weinstein did, but, you know, let's not start a witch hunt. You know, witch hunts, those things that men used to do to women for no reason other than they were threatened by women existing in the world around them.
0: Right. So
2: we thought it would be
0: perhaps useful to look back on an example of a very predatory movie made by an allegedly very predatory person and talk about it because it it is Wild, watching this movie now it came out what 38 years ago now it is wild watching this movie and ever thinking that this was like this is a this is amazing like this isn't a hard movie to watch at all.
2: Right, I saw it for the first time probably in college, probably around 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and. That was the only time I had seen it, but I didn't remember even what it was about. I didn't remember that a 42-year-old man was in a relationship with a 17-year-old girl. I just didn't remember that that's what the story was because 10 years ago, you know, I guess I just wasn't, I mean, I probably was well, like, oh, that's, a, that's weird, and then I just forgot about it, whereas today... Well,
0: like, and I, I think that a lot of work is done by the movie itself to really glaze over any problems that are there where... I mean, we'll get into that, too, where no one at the movie really raises a stink other than a passing joke at the fact that there are crimes happening in front of them. Right. <laughs> so I think that the, the, the world Woody Allen creates, and... I mean, we weren't alive for it, but it seems like the general society at that time did not point stuff like this out, and so the movie doesn't point it out, and that's bad. I first saw this movie in college as well. But it did bother me quite a bit because uh, I, I saw this movie, this would have been late 2013, mm-hmm. which is when allegations about Woody Allen were first starting to surface. It like really exploded in early 2014, but late 2013 there was rumblings and I had to take a class to graduate school. And so I ended up having to take this class about Charlie Kaufman, Woody Allen, and Billy Wilder films. So we had to watch a lot of Woody Allen films and I Recall not liking them, not doing well in the class, and getting in trouble for specifically being like, "This is gross. Why is he fucking a kid?" Like that in particular got me in trouble in that class.
2: See, I so I took a directing class uh, because you know I did go to film school twice. Hot brag. brag. Uh, Uh, (laughs) And I was given like the script to. A scene in Manhattan to be like okay let's see how you would direct this and it's the scene between Woody Allen's character and Tracy's character the 17 year old girl no kidding the one where they're in bed and he has just moved into his new apartment and he's talking about like the water being brown and the the noises from the his neighbors and stuff like that yeah and like at the time I was just like Oh, okay. I'll just direct this scene. Like it didn't really occur to me, like how gross and problematic. <laughs> the, and that was That's a school right. assignment. Like I had to. That's crazy. Make, yeah. I mean, it was like yeah, I. I had... What was my professor
0: thinking? I had literally had no choice but to watch these he or I couldn't graduate. Like yeah. it's just great. And also, I, I, not to say this was a benefit in any way, but I, I was armed with a lot of, a lot more information in late 2013 of like. This guy was basically being I mean not that there was no way to tell as he had already married his daughter. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but there there were serious allegations coming out and it just felt wrong to be idolizing this work in any way, especially when it's just like he he it's why he really is just laying it out in front of you of like I'm a predator, I fuck kids. I did like you're just like oh he's unapologetic about it and it's nuts. Not even unapologetic, like, he's victimizing himself right. about, like, it's just, in- okay, so let's talk about the movie. Yes. Manhattan comes out in 1979 after Annie Hall, after he's sort of said that, I guess we're doing this now,
2: you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're watching Woody Allen do the same fucking thing 95 times, great. Yeah, I'll do the recap. Uh, Manhattan is about a Woody Allen type character. named about Woody Allen. About Woody Allen. His character, though, is named Isaac. And he is in a relationship with a 17-year-old woman. Funny. Edgy.
0: Mm. Great. And everyone's
2: like, wow, she's beautiful. And he's like, she's 17. In public. In public. (laughs) She's in high school.
0: She's 17. Isn't this funny? Isn't this weird? And the characters respond by saying, Yeah, that is weird. That is funny. Where it's just like, you know, we weren't there in 1979, but I find it very hard to believe that there's two characters responding, Oh, that is so weird.
2: Like, it's just... Because it was a crime. Because toward the end, she's like, I turned 18, so I'm legal now. (laughs) Acknowledging that the sex they were having before was not legal, which it wasn't, and no one gave any shit about it. So-
0: no, not even the mo- not, even, not even the characters in the movie. Who? Woody Allen and another straight white guy whose name eludes me at this oh, time. Oh, it's Yale. Uh, no, 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 like the co-writer for the movie. Oh, Marshall Brickman. But Marshall Brickman. So they write this movie together. They're writing all these female characters, meaning they're directing, you know, like, Diane Keaton's character, who on paper, and in, I think... Several parts of the movie is a good character. I would agree. She's yeah. given a background, and it's like, man, I hate that there's a good care- female character in this movie. But I mean, she has she is armed with all the information. She is intelligent. She is. She's very outspoken. Very outspoken. Doesn't seem to care. Doesn't seem to care. And it's like, how fucking convenient that your very empowered female character just uh, also doesn't seem to notice that you're fucking a kid. Mm-hmm. And if she mentions it, mentions it as like
2: so weird that this is going on. At one point, so there's a character named Yale, which is Woody Allen's character's (laughs) best friend, and he's married to Emily. At one point, Emily says, oh no, I don't think 17's too young. That's like in the first 15 minutes of the movie.
0: And I know, and and to to all you you flaming hot trolls out there who are like, the women in the movie, yeah, but the the women in the movie, those words weren't put there by a woman. They were put there by two men. So it's like these relatively realized female characters spouting nonsense. Like, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, sorry. I love how worked up we are. It's an infuriating movie to watch. (laughs) It's at times deeply uncomfortable. We laughed at two different parts, and that was upsetting too. Yeah, we were like, like, I hate that I found that funny. I hate the chuckle. I hated it. It was just... Oh, God. Okay, anyways, sorry. So, okay.
2: So, Isaac is dating a 17-year-old woman. His friend... Yale is married, but sure. he starts seeing this woman, Mary, played by Dan- Diane Keaton. Woody Allen meets Mary, and he's like, Oh, I-, I actually, I like her, too. I- I- I-
0: I- I- <laughs> There's another thing in here where it's, it's like, Oh, we're going to forgive him for these heinous crimes he's committing because he's awkward. Again, the use of an
2: awkward personality as an excuse to do fucking insane things. I'm going to go ahead and coin the term... Stuttercore. This is a stuttercore movie. <laughs> All Woody Allen movies are stuttercore, and which just is to say it. you can shave fifteen minutes off the top <laughs> of the fucking movie. Right. So he meets Mary, and they get off to a rocky start. But then he starts to like Mary, and Mary starts to likes him. So he's conflicted. Oh, do I stay with this seventeen year old girl, or do I hang out with Mary, even though she's also dating my friend Yale? There's, like, kind of all this back and forth. Also, he's writing a book. He's (laughs) writing a book. He quits his job as a TV writer. He's an artiste, which comes into play later. He surrounds himself with affluent, white, fucking pretentious people. Which... And it's
0: dumb. Which I know. But, like, (laughs) it's very intentional what Woody Allen chooses to satirize in this movie and what he does not choose to satirize in this movie. Because I think he is satirizing bullshit intellectualism quite a bit... By mm-hmm. being like, look at these people, they're so smart, they're at museums and, and observatories and planetariums all the time, but they don't have it together. Like it's you know, he's commenting on that. The things he is not commenting on are just as glaring oh sure such <laughs> as he is fucking a kid. Yeah. This is barely commented on and it and, and in the way it's commented on, Tracy Marielle Hemingway's mm-hmm. character is being developed at the expense of the protagonist, which is like another Sorry, yeah.
2: continue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost done. I don't really know what else <laughs> happens. It's not an exciting movie. Uh, no! Basically, <laughs> so it, at some point, he breaks up with Tracy, the 17-year-old girl. He starts to go in sort of full force with Mary and their relationship. And then Mary, meanwhile, is like, actually, I think I still love Yale. So she and Yale kind of get back together. And then... Woody Allen's character is like, hmm, well, I'm lonely, so I better better go go back to to the girl, to the child. But here's
0: the twist. She's not a child now.
2: She's 18. (laughs) Fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. Having gaslit her throughout the entire movie because she's like, I might want to go and study in London. And he's like, yeah, you should. Actually, we probably shouldn't be together. You're young, but like not to any point where he's gonna really do anything about it and then at the end she's like okay I'm gonna go to London like you said I should and he's like actually Wait, no I'm don't. lonely now no, I don't have anyone to validate me
0: and then she's you know it, but what, what does six months matter if we're in love which is you know a very 18 year old thing to say mm-hmm. and it ends with him like smiling and be like oh yeah hmm. maybe the, there's <laughs> no there's never even the looming threat of a consequence for treating this situation the way he does for committing a crime over and over and over. It's openly discussed between the two characters. You can't even call it an open secret. It's not a secret. He's taking her out in public. Yeah. We, we don't know that much about her parents or... or, or they I would say nothing. We following. know nothing.
2: We I really know nothing about her character apart from her age and that she apparently is interested in acting and right. going abroad to study that. Right.
0: <laughs> and she, you know, goes to high school. This this trope we've talked about before, and it applies more to sci-fi characters generally, but I did want to bring up the born sexy yesterday oh, trope. Oh, yeah. And that with Tracy and Isaac, it's like this the dynamic, and what we sort of are led to believe is appealing about it for Isaac is that he's teaching this girl. He's teaching her intellectually. He's teaching her... Teaching her, he's raping her, but he's yeah. teaching her sexually, or that's his impression, or right. whatever. Just the fact that there's there's no point in the movie where it's brought up as anything but a funny thing. It is never addressed as a crime. It's indirectly addressed as a crime, where it's a joke that she's legal now. Right. And there's no there's no threat that he'll he will receive any punishment, and in fact he doesn't, and he still <laughs> hasn't.
2: So, great for Woody Allen. Fuck off. I was at a bar last night, and I was like, yeah, brag. (laughs) And I was like, oh, sorry I'm late. I had to watch Manhattan. We're doing it tomorrow on my podcast. And my friends were like, what? Why? And I'm like, well, what better way to introduce all the fucking problematic shit that's happening in Hollywood right now and that has right. always been happening.
0: Then a widely regarded movie where a major plot point is repeated rape. Amazing. There For anyone who is like, but wait, okay, uh, let's think. Top of the dome, cinematography. Sure, great. Uh, there is a scene in the planetarium where lights are used. Uh... <laughs> George Gershwin, very talented man, also deeply problematic. You can go into that Google hole yourself. New York, uh, a city that exists. Uh, (laughs) The technical merits of this movie is not what we're here to discuss. So if that's where you're coming from in terms of like, but the rapes look so good, uh, no. (laughs) Fuck off. Enjoy your life. Also, I don't like this movie. Like It's not... It's oh yeah. I hate that it made me I chuckle. Deep, I hate
2: it. Same. I have a I have a deep mistrust for anyone who's like, yeah, Manhattan's a great film. Fuck off. No, yeah. It's not. Goodbye.
0: We have to we have to be going. So we've discussed. Tracy is obviously the glaring major 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 issue in this movie, but the other two main female characters are. Mary Diane Keaton's character and Jill, who is Woody Allen's second ex-wife,
2: correct. I I didn't mention her in the recap. She's played by Meryl Meryl Streep, Streep. Um, and she's depicted as this like angry, shrewish character. Yeah.
0: So the the plot point there is, if unless I'm mistaken, she is writing a memoir about her marriage. What what a shitty partner Woody Allen was. Like a tell-all kind of memoir thing. Yeah. She is also now living with her girlfriend and raising Woody Allen's son. She has primary custody of Woody Allen's and her son. Right. And Woody Allen is very uncomfortable with two women raising his son. Oh, yeah. Which is brought up as a joke. And sort of, there's the scene, we see like one longish scene between Isaac and the
2: son. Where mm-hmm. you mentioned he hits his son, he hits his son because his son's trying to get his dad to buy him like a toy boat,
1: Very and he's
2: pointing to the bigger, more expensive one, and then Woody Allen just like strikes him <laughs> in the head. His son. <laughs> so there's that, and then in the next cut, they're at some
0: sort of it's a restaurant, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. and Isaac is saying like, oh, we could like, you know, basically presents his son with like, I know you're being raised by two women. But don't forget about toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just insane. Where he talks
2: about picking up women yeah, as, like, a joke to his kid. Yeah, he's like, if you were quicker, we could have picked those women up. Just, you know, teaching him <laughs> just how like, to be a fucking creep. Tee hee. Also, it doesn't take too much of a leap to say that
0: Woody Allen is kind of villainizing Jill, Meryl Streep's character's sexuality as well. Oh, definitely. Like, he's yeah. just saying, like, this shrewish gay woman. And it's also presented, and, and I thought this was interesting, I was reading Roger Ebert went back and watched this movie and had more come about it uh, in 2001. He writes about this character specifically in a way that I think was weird, where he says, Isaac's former wife Meryl Streep left him to live with a woman and writes a bestseller, Ridiculing their Marriage and Love Life. We doubt her new relationship is sound if it leaves her so obsessed with the previous one. Um. That is, I mean, and I'm, sh- maybe that is how that reads to another straight white man. Uh-huh. But
2: that, I mean. And I, I mean, think that's we all- also just pure speculation because you don't see that much of their relationship on screen.
0: But I think we are led to believe that, you know, it's like, well, Jill can't get over it. And she's trying to capitalize on what a shitty partner he was. And now she dates a woman where I feel like almost the implication is, Woody Allen was such a bad husband that he turned her gay. That was what I took away.
2: That's sort of how he, I think, he, he that character, it. yeah.
0: I think that that's what the movie thinks, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of the integrity of this character who deserved better. I don't know. I mean, and, and that is an individual's read. But I think the fact that a professional movie critic's read was like, well, she was so, she's still so hung up on him. It's like, you can't conflate trauma with being in love right and still being hung like being angry about someone abusing you does not equal she's still in love with him (laughs) like but I think that that is what the movie would have you believe in that
2: bother oh sure well I made a list of all the things or not even I probably didn't even hit all of them But many of the things... You have a
0: comprehensive list. Let's not shortchange this (laughs) list.
2: But I'm saying that there were so many that I probably missed some. Because this is such a fucking, again, stuttercore movie that I can't even... Not to shame people with stutters. No stutter shaming. No stutter shaming here. I'm just saying that Woody Allen should fall off the edge of the planet. Sure. (laughs) So, I made a list of all the things that uh, he says either to or about women in the movie... The first one is, he's talking to Tracy. This is after she's like, I think I'm in love with you for the first time. Pretty early on in the movie. Mm -hmm. And he says, don't get carried away. You're a kid. As long as the cops don't burst in, we're going to break a couple records. And then later he's like, get dressed. He's like, I'm going to fuck a kid more than anyone's ever (laughs) fucked a kid. Jesus Christ. And then he's like, get dressed because you got to get out of here. I don't want you to be comfortable here. You can't stay here.
0: Right. Does all he can to make... Tracy's character not feel like she is a permanent fixture in his life
2: totally that and this is like sort of the beginning of him gaslighting her because constantly mm-hmm. throughout the movie he's saying you're too young you don't understand what love is because she keeps being like I love you she literally says over and over take me seriously listen to me yeah she, and but uh, and then does. he's just like you're not old enough like you don't know what love is you're too young
0: yeah That. but that criticism is never turned inward of like maybe this is the wrong thing to be doing because
2: it ends with Oh, maybe we'll get to fuck this kid again. Like, okay, sorry. Continuous. Yeah. Later, he says to Jill, his ex-wife Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. of the two of us, I was not the immoral, psychotic, promiscuous one. Oh, uh, is that a reference to her sexuality? I think probably so. Excellent. Right. Later on to Tracy, and this is after she's like, oh, you know, maybe people aren't meant to just like be with one person forever. It's kind of gone out of date. Again, more gaslighting, because he's like, don't you tell me what's gone out of date. Mm-hmm. You're 17. You were brought up on drugs, television, and the pill. Gaslighting, belittling her experience. He knows better. Yeah. Because he has less hair. <laughs> and then after this is after he meets Mary. He says about her, what a creep. She was overbearing. She was terrible. She was all cerebral. If she said one more thing about Bergman, I would have knocked her other contact lens out. So I don't like that she's smart. I wanna hit her. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'll just I'll just help to translate. Please. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is this is good. Shortly after that he says about Jill. I got a divorce because my ex wife left me for another woman. Mary says that must have been really demoralizing. Isaac says, I tried to run them both over with a car. Mary says, that's incredible sexual humiliation, and I think that's enough to turn you off of women, which I found to be a very bizarre scene because Mary has been set up, and later on in the movie continues to be the smartest and most rational in her thinking and all of that, but because this character was written by two men, mm-hmm. she's just reinforcing what Woody Allen actually thinks, which is, yeah, for me to have been left by a woman for another woman, how humiliating. Well, I think
0: I think that this is sort of something that comes up in a lot of Woody Allen's movies where, I wish I had a snappier title for it, but a feminist character written by a man, so not really a feminist character, mm-hmm. but one that in appearance, in behavior, in profession, there's enough there that you're just like, oh, you know, like you, you would trust Diane Keaton's character, but she's still being written by a villain, basically. <laughs> right. And so when she glosses over the fact that Woody Allen's fucking a kid, when she glosses over villainizing queer people as an audience member, you know, if you're not, you know, you're sort of being told, eh, don't think about it, The tr- the character you trust thinks that you know right <laughs> queer people's lives don't matter either.
2: And And stupid people with no critical
0: thinking skills would just be like, yeah, I oh, agree. Sure. <laughs> right. Or or people who have not encountered alternate ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Because Woody Allen's all of his work is we're told is so intellectual and so smart that it's like, where are you supposed to be questioning? Where are you not supposed to be questioning? Yeah. He directs your focus in very deliberate ways and also directs your focus away. Okay, translation I tried to kill gay people who hurt my feelings. (laughs) Response, that sucks for you.
2: (laughs) And I can understand why
0: you would have done that. I get it. Would have done the
2: same thing (laughs)
0: myself.
2: Fuck that. Moving on. (laughs) Later on, he says to Mary. Well, first Mary's talking about Tracy and she's like, 16 years old, no possible threat at all. Isaac says, she's 17. You know, sometimes you have a a losing personality. Mary, "Uh, what do you want? I'm honest. I say what's on my mind, and if you can't take it, then fuck off. Isaac, I like the way you express yourself, too. It's pithy, yet degenerate. You get many dates? I don't think so.
0: A very witty exchange in which women being smart is stupid and people calling Woody
2: Allen out on his bullshit is stupid. (laughs) Yep. Yep. There's more. Don't worry. Oh, good. This is about Jill. He's talking to Mary. He says, my son is being raised by two women. Mary says, I've read studies. You don't need a man. Two mothers are absolutely fine. Isaac says, I feel very few people survive one mother. Uh, This is Woody Allen saying, probably something
0: happened to me a very long time ago that was emasculating, and now for the next 60-plus years, I will take it out on any woman I come into contact (laughs) with.
2: (laughs) Yes. And then, again, about his mother later on, Isaac says, I wrote a short story about my mother, the castrating Zionist.
0: Uh this is Woody Allen saying, uh I'm I'm trying to make this seem like a fun Jewish caricature, but what it actually is is I hate every woman I've ever met.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All of these exchanges, by the way, happened in the first half hour of the movie. Yeah. and then I, this so this is when I got very frustrated and maybe stopped paying as close attention, but there's a few more yeah. later to Jill, he is gaslighting her and saying, I did not try to run you and your lover over with my car even though he he's even though confirmed he's from, that earlier yes, in the movie exactly yeah. and she's like well what were you doing by the cabin anyway and he's like I was spying on you uh the <laughs> uh, there's no there's no words I think he just uh, he just he really hit the nail on the head on that one yeah 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 no
0: yeah. translation needed Oh, we talked about this one. We
2: talked about that one. Yeah, that was the one where uh, he's next to two women in the restaurant, and he's explaining to his son how they should have picked them up and fucked them. You know, his son, a six-year-old boy. (laughs) And, and And obviously, again, haters.
0: It is written as a joke, but I would argue that that is just as much of a problem. That he's like, hey, here's a terrible way to think about women. And then, like, a little winky to the audience. Like, this is funny. He's never going to learn. Like,
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not funny. Nope. And then uh, later on to Jill, this is after her book has come out about their relationship, he opens the door and says, I came here to strangle you. Well, sure. (laughs) Very funny, great joke. Um... Um... (laughs) So
0: the three main characters, Tracy is just told Like we, you're you're right. I didn't even realize how little we know about her, other than she. And, she sometimes
2: and, has exams, which
0: we which we are to believe. You know, probably Woody Allen's character doesn't know a lot about her either, because they don't discuss parts of her life very often. It's almost or, like he's never asked. <laughs> um, then we have Diane Keaton's character, who is just. Maybe the most troubling of all because she's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors in terms of a fully realized female character where all, you know, all the all the elements are there but it's hollow and ring's totally hollow and, and that just sucks.
2: Yeah. There are a few moments where I'm like, okay I'm glad that she did this thing or says this thing. Yeah, uh, well let's talk about that. Well she, there's a moment where she's talking to a director friend of hers. And he's talking about this movie he's directing about a man who's such a sexual dynamo that anytime he brings a woman to orgasm, she dies. And she's just like, this is horrid. So she calls him out. She calls out Yale for saying like, "Oh, does your love for me always need to express itself sexually?" Because he's all like, "Let's go to a hotel and fuck." And
1: well, she- <laughs> to be fair, Caleb, he says,
2: "Make love." Oh, he's sorry. Let's make. Let's make love. Let's make love. <laughs> love. Anyways. Uh, And then she's just like, what about other values, like warmth and spiritual contact? So she's like, value me in other ways besides you being able to have sex with me. Sorry. Make love to me. But again, I I feel
0: these, like, which I agree that, like, her character is right in, in all of these issues. But even though she sees the more aggressive behavior of men as something she doesn't want to deal with, the world totally writes out any of the predatory behaviors with the person that she you know with Woody Allen's character where okay so this character is written to see very aggressive masculinity you know where it's like when I fuck a woman she comes so hard she dies great but that but there's a total blind spot set up for that same character of someone she's close to fucking a kid you know like yeah it's just and that and that's what's troubling to me about it is with this, and I and I think it extends to a lot of like Woody Allen's female characters, even the very well written ones or the ones that are you know hailed as well written. He directs your focus in such a specific way, and I feel like these moments of like, oh, she's smart, she knows what she's talking about. They're put there very deliberately for for the sake of the story in the movie, but also so that you notice less when she's ignoring
2: things mm-hmm. and and. That and her whole pursuit... I mean, she's working on things professionally. She's a journalist. We know what she does for a living. That's good. (laughs) She's writing things. She's working on different projects. Right. But her seems like her main pursuit throughout the whole movie is landing a man that she wants... You know, it's between Yale and Woody Allen's character. Sure. And she just keeps bo- like going back and forth. And she keeps I, saying, like, I deserve lot, I mean, better, da-da-da. But, like, she's trying to stand up for herself, but, like, really... She's insecure. It boils- sure, but it boils down to, like, her pursuit in this movie, if you're just, like, looking at her character and her character's goals and what she's trying to achieve... It's romance. It's a romantic relationship, and right. it's, I mean, sure, this is, like, a romantic movie. Where, I mean, with every
0: character in this movie, every main character is bouncing between two people, at least. Yeah. But I think her character is, is a little different in that the two male characters, so Isaac and then Yale, which, is like, ugh, God, mm-hmm. <laughs> hit me up. We get it. He's smart they both spend a lot of their movie trying to break up with women where the women spend a lot of time in the movie trying to convince the man that they are worth staying with. Oh, that yeah. was what was more of an issue for me because everyone it is going between multiple people and I think that in theory that's a part of the point of like, oh, I love is a club game. But there are scenes, there's a scene between Yale and Mary where Mary is basically just like, no, this is fine. I'm totally fine. It's great. And then we sort of see her try to, convince him that she's worth staying with and in the end he does end up staying with her.
2: Well Woody, and then as soon as they break up she bounces right back to Woody, Woody Allen. Allen. Right. Where they are each other's
0: second choice. Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty decisively. Which is whatever. Plot point. But th- there's two different scenes where Woody Allen I mean Woody Allen is trying to break up with Mariel Hemingway in pretty much every single scene. Yeah. And then she especially is constantly trying to convince him like listen to me I, I... I these are the reasons that you should stay with me." And he's constantly trying to leave her. So even though it's like every character here is bouncing between multiple interests, there's never a pressure on the man to prove to the woman what his worth is. It's assumed that they have value, where the female characters are kind of constantly trying to prove themselves.
2: Yeah, which is not at all surprising from a movie that is like, I mean, Woody Allen is the king of like self-indulgent. I'm the writer, director, actor, hero of my own stories every single time. And he makes a point right. to say, like, several times, and, I, and I'm sure you could argue that these are, like, these are the jokes. But <laughs> he's like, look, how good I am at fucking. His character says it in this movie, and I'd imagine. I think it's a joke if Ryan Gosling says
0: it. It's not a joke if it's <laughs> clearly, like, you know, not a stereotypically alpha male is constantly. Like, it just doesn't read especially if you're writing those lines for yourself right like it's a joke if someone writes that line for Woody Allen maybe Mm -hmm. and there's also a few different there's like that scene with Mary where she's like you have a pretty good sense of humor he's like well you don't have to tell me that I know that
2: oh right he's like I make a fucking living off it you dumb idiot (laughs) right 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 it was like but yeah so anyways
0: do you want to fuck me like (laughs) just like I'm great at fucking too Yeah, there's no pressure on the male characters to prove themselves really in any regard. Excellent point. And there's no consequences presented to them, except that they won't get fucked. Those are the only consequences. Right. There's no, uh, well there's a joke about going to
2: jail, but that's never (laughs) never a present threat. Another female character I wanted to talk about who doesn't get much screen time at all, but Emily, Yale's wife. Right, Basically every time she's on screen, she's like, how about we have kids? So our whole whole thing is like, once mm-hmm. I have kids. I want to have kids, which... It's all women can think about. <laughs> I mean, if a woman wants to have children, so much power to her. But when you write a female character that that is apparently the only thing on her mind and we know virtually nothing else about that well,
0: character. is also presented as, this is why I want to leave this lady. Right.
2: Because he's cheating on his wife. With Diane Keaton's character. Yeah, she's like, nag, bad... nag, nag, kids, kids, kids. And he's like, oh, how about I go and fuck other women instead?
0: Number one, sexist. Number two, bad writing. Mm-hmm. Which is how you could really characterize this whole movie if you wanted <laughs> to. It's sexist and it
2: is bad writing. Uh, do we have anything else to say about the movie? Another thing I wanted to talk about is how Manhattan and I would guess a lot of Woody Allen movies based on the ones I've seen are extremely white. Yeah. Woody Allen's characters always seem to be friends with only white people. There are no people of color with any, you know, significant screen time or story beats or lines of dialogue in this movie. I think you only see two people of color in the entire movie who are helping him move into his new apartment, but they don't have any lines or anything like that. Right. And Woody Allen is Jewish. So he's not, you know, your waspy, Protestant, Anglo-Saxon type of white. And I want to acknowledge the persecution and prejudice that Jewish people have faced throughout history and also today. But the fact remains that Woody Allen has a habit of populating his movies with only white people. And it's especially crazy for this movie called Manhattan, set in Manhattan, New York City. Where are all the people of color? The other thing I wanted to bring up is the age gap that exists in this movie and then across most Hollywood movies. I mean, this one is egregious, but then I I think is
0: almost... The only pro that we could say for the massive age gap between Tracy and Isaac is that at least it is pointed out. Mm -hmm. Where
2: in most movies, I don't think it's even pointed out. You're, yeah, absolutely Right. right. So I'm taking some stats from an article from Vulture in 2013.
0: <laughs> I'm sure things have gotten better since then. They've <laughs> gotten so much better.
2: The, the title of the article is Leading Men Age But Their Love Interests Don't, pointing out that, like, you know, Hollywood stars who are men get older because that's how time works, but their female counterparts, the love interests of their characters, pretty much the same age, which tends to be late 20s, early to mid-20s. 30s um
0: Harrison Ford he just started in that new movie Blade Runner for 2069 mm-hmm. uh and there
2: yeah I mean it's just all these <laughs> sorry it took me a second to notice what you said uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's still allowed to star in movies get Harrison Ford out of movies he's not allowed anymore get him out I. Retire, bitch! <laughs>
2: Harrison Ford, bitch, retire. <laughs> I. I'm fine with Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, bitch, retire. But he is listed in this article as someone who has love interests that do not get much older and that he usually has a pretty huge age gap with. The closest one, it seems, was when he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He Mm -hmm. was 38. His love interest, Karen Allen, was 29.
0: Harrison Ford bitch, retired.
2: (laughs) A crazy age difference was when he was in Six Days, Seven Nights, and Anne Heche was 29 and he was 55 so he got older his love interest was still in her late 20s other examples ooh so Johnny Depp is a heinous piece of shit but yeah Johnny Depp bitch retire (laughs) yeah I agree with that one literally go to jail (laughs) (laughs) however he is in one of my favorite movies Chocolat he is 37 I hate that Alfred Melina had to even meet him (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they have any do they have scenes together Maybe they don't. Uh, I don't remember. We'll, we'll do it. At we'll some rewatch time. it. Yeah. But he is 37 in that character, and his love interest Juliette Binoche, she's 36. So there's only one year age difference, which is
0: <sighs> the, the, you don't get a trophy for that. though. <laughs> no, no, no. Of because that. in Transcendence, he's 49, and Rebecca Hall is 30. So that's you know full on. We're we're at daddy
2: status at that point. Yeah, totally. It's Tom Cruise, also bad. Tom Cruise, George, George Clooney, Clooney, pretty bad. Bradley Except Cooper, pretty in, bad. Except for in Brother, Where though another one of my favorite movies. He's mm-hmm. 39, and his wife, played by Holly Hunter in that movie, is 42. So she's three years older than him. Amazing. Uh, Richard Gere's another one. <sighs> Richard um, Gere, dribble
1: butt theory, look it up.
2: Brad, <laughs> Brad Pitt, Liam Neeson. Um, Tom. Tom Hanks, actually, they, they point out that he tends to be with age-appropriate women in his movies.
0: Well, so,
2: there's that. There's one. Uh,
0: there, Woody <laughs> Allen, I mean, yeah. What, uh, there's no way you can spin that rela- the relationship between he and Marielle Hemingway's character to make it good. But the age difference is acknowledged where in most movies it's not even... It's It's an assumed thing.
2: Right, it's just like, of oh, course of course this it. handsome older man would have a young... 20 or more years younger than him love interest and then i think that in movies very commonly if
0: if the inverse does occur it is immediately acknowledged oh right and made I'm... as a point of like this is like why would a young handsome young man want to be involved with an older woman i rewatched nightcrawler uh oh, last i haven't night. seen that it is very good It in reeks of toxic masculinity but it, it's <laughs> it's i like it a lot so jake gyllenhaal's character who we're supposed to think is in his late 20s early 30s uh, is interested in renee russo's character Who's I think supposed to be in her forties or fifties, mm-hmm. and he pursues her, and it's constantly their age difference is constantly brought up because oh. she's like, "Why would you want to be with me? I'm too old." And he's like, "I'm I'm secure enough to be with an older woman," where well, that's never the issue in the inverse. Like a, a younger woman never has to say, "I'm secure enough with myself to be <laughs> with an older man." It's just assumed that that it's gonna happen.
2: Well, so okay, Cupid. You know, they do all their like analytics of dating patterns Steal, and stuff yeah, like stealing
0: that. Our, stealing or stealing thoughts and feelings.
2: <laughs> and they compiled a graph. It's like, oh, a woman's age versus the age of the men she's attracted to, mm-hmm. and it's basically they tend to be attracted to men very close to their same age. It's generally like, I mean, a direct uh, correlation. Old men
0: are gross. I think. They're not <laughs> Not, uh. True. Because. Spinning any the, the, heads.
2: The, and this, of course, is, you know, very hetero. This is, you know, for hetero relationships. But a, a man's age versus the women he's attracted to is no matter how old he is. We don't crack 25. Yeah. <laughs> we do not crack 25 all the way up to... Age 50? Yeah, 50. Because they ask, what age of women are you most attracted to? And no matter how old a man is, they almost much always kids. say either between 20 and 23. Pretty much fucking kids. Uh, Which...
0: I, can't, I guess I'm not allowed to say 15, so uh, 21?
2: <laughs> Just... And it makes... Uh, so, I, I wonder, is this because men are conditioned to seeing depictions of older men in media with and younger I, women... And also kind of a complete omission of any woman their age. Right, of course, yeah. Yeah. This is a thing we talk about a lot on the podcast where rarely do we see women on the screen who are, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. So often, (sighs) you know, women in movies are super young. The implication we can draw from that is no one wants to see an older woman on the screen. No one cares about their stories. And of course, that's not true. But we're conditioned to think that because we see so much, we consume so much media. Where women of a certain age are ignored. Ignored. Oh, well. This is deeply troubling. And to everyone who's like, oh well, men are attracted to younger women because they have a biological imperative. Because younger women are more fertile, and they they want to put babies in them. Fuck. We have population issues, (laughs)
0: bitch. Retire.
2: Grow up. So, basically, the point we want to make is that in recent days, weeks, a lot of women have come forward calling out different men specifically. So, it started with Harvey Weinstein in this most recent sort of news cycle, Uh, although, At this point, I've
0: honestly lost track. I believe the founder of Just for Laughs was forced out of his position. Ooh. Uh, The sitting CEO of Amazon Studios was pushed out of his position. It's interesting because it's like we have... People like Woody Allen, like Johnny Depp, whose names are very recognizable to us. And then there are people whose names we don't know because they're Mm -hmm.
2: manipulating behind the scenes whose names are coming out as well. It's a lot. It's a ton. Screen junkies. I don't know exactly who, but someone affiliated with screen junkies, several allegations brought against him. It's everywhere. (laughs) It's everywhere. It's encouraging that women are coming forward and actions being taken against many of these people. Harvey Weinstein being fired, people losing their jobs and not being allowed to work in Hollywood anymore. Right. Um, and There's it, a lot of work left to do. And it's painful to have to read these accounts, but feels,
0: you know, important. We hope everyone's uh, looking out for yourself, taking care of yourself through all this. And we, you know, obviously applaud all the victims who are coming forward because that is so hard to do. It's so hard to do. And all the writers who have been able to... Get those stories out, because that's also so hard to do,
2: mm-hmm. and not to say that you know there are I'm sure plenty of victims who are not ready. things have happened, they're not ready to come forward about it, and so it's not to say that they're not brave no, you know they're like not. oh, and then oh, it drives me nuts, just the emotional labor that any victims have to go through to be like this thing happened to me, and i you know I'm revealing it, and i'm I'm coming public with it, and then just The burden shouldn't be on victims to come, like, the burden should be on sexual predators to not fucking be sexual predators. Right, but that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. happen.
0: And so it (sighs) falls upon the people who are, these just awful things are happening to them to also then be the ones to have to relive it over and over and over in order for any consequence to happen. Which brings me to just some food for that, because I feel like for years and years and years, uh, since the Woody Allen allegation service, since the Bill Cosby allegation service, it's there's always a lot of talk of, like, how can we separate the art from the artist? Can I still enjoy Bill Cosby's stand-up? Can I still enjoy this movie about Woody Allen fucking a kid? Honestly... <laughs> And, and I have heard a lot of, mostly men, some women, mostly men, explain to me their views on why they think that, you know. But I, I personally am at a point where I, I think separating art from artists at this point is just like a dangerous precedent to set. Agree. It allows predators to continue making art without consequence. We are not at a lack for artists in the world there are a lot of artists with a lot of important things to say and I think that saying that you know if you're an artist and a predator you can't you can't there are a lot of voices that need to be heard that will gladly occupy that space who and, aren't sexual predators who are not predators uh, there should be consequences for everyone there's no way Woody Allen should be allowed to be making movies Uh, There's no way that Bill Cosby should be on any stage at any time unless that stage is a court and he's being sent to jail. Mm -hmm. Don't see Louis C.K.'s new movie, which is Mm. the clearest homage to Manhattan that you will find. Just bad. Bad, bad, bad. Hey, Caitlin. Yes? Does Manhattan pass the Bechdel test? (laughs) Uh, Manhattan does pass the Bechdel test. (laughs) But it passes in the most disturbing exchange of all time. Yeah.
2: So the scene it's Mary, Isaac, Yale, and Tracy all walking down the street. Mary and Tracy when they meet, they say like hi, hello. That barely counts as a conversation. Right. But then later on technically yeah. later on, Mary says, What do you do, Tracy? Tracy says, I go to high school. Hee <laughs> he, hee ha ha ho and Mary ho. says, Oh really? So, you know, three adults and then one teenager are just hanging out. And Mary's like, hey, what do you do for a living? (laughs) Um, And and Tracy's like, I study for my English fucking exams.
0: Yeah, that, what a pass. Good for you. (laughs) Oh, well... Uh, we hope you enjoyed this bonus. Uh, this I would call. I would say this is an emergency bonus. <laughs> yeah, this is an emergency episode of the Bechtel Cast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> if you if you want a regular bonus episode, you can sign up for our Patreon at patreoncom cast where we do two bonus episodes a month that are, you know. They may be as painful as this one. They may not be. You'll have to probably not. sign up to find
2: out. <laughs> They'll probably be a little less us screaming in But also, anger.
0: if you don't like that, why are you listening to this show? Grow up, bitch, retire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, check us out. Uh, you can go to our website. You can pledge us $5 a month on Patreon to get exclusive content, and that helps us out with our production costs and all of that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Fuck off, Woody Allen. Fuck off, Woody Allen. Fuck off, Harvey Weinstein. And fuck off any sexual predator in Hollywood and everywhere. If you're a man, be fucking helpful. Be helpful. Everyone else, keep your head up. Listen and believe women and value women. Love you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs.